0: It was 1973. A young French motorsports journalist named Claude Vurlion was on his way to work when he had a sudden impulse. He felt compelled to visit an old dormant volcano that he used to go to as a child. The impulse became a compulsion. And so, he drove.
1: And he's driving, what am I doing? What am I doing? Why am I going there? I have some work, and he kept on going anyways, get out of the car, then just looking at the sky, December 13, it's cold, why am I here?
0: That's Nicole Bertrand, a follower of Orleans and a bishop in the church that he would build.
1: And then he saw some flashing light in the sky. He thought it was like an helicopter, but there was no noise and then it kept on descending vertically, and then the shape of a flattened bell, and he said, wow, it looks like a flying saucer. Too bad he didn't have a camera, but he just watched it, and then this thing stopped about a meter and a half from the ground, and then a trap opened and a staircase, then he started panicking. We are all intoxicated with aliens, dangerous aliens, you know. But he didn't move. He waited, and then he saw coming two legs and a body. A short human being came out and walked to meet him. Long hair, beautiful almond-shaped eyes, big smile. The beings knew Vorleon's name. And he said to him, your name is Claude Vorlion, and I came here this morning to meet you. And the conversation started in French. And why me? Well, because we have a very special mission for you. But he asked him, come
0: aboard, and I will tell you more. So Vorlion boarded their ship. They showed him some of their clearly alien technology and told him to return the next day with pen and paper and a Bible of all things.
1: He couldn't believe himself, but he came back the next day. And for seven days in a row, they met at the same place for about an hour. And he was asked to make notes and to write a book to share the
0: explanation of the origin of life. This was the beginning of a strange new faith with tens of thousands of adherents all around the world, one that the media has long labeled as a cult, but that its followers insist is the only true path forward for humanity. I'm Arshi Mann, and this is Commons. More after the break.
2: When they talk about the Raelians, what do they say? Raelians are people who believe in extraterrestrial. The Raelians are people who believe in UFO. A little bit stupid, people are members of a cult. They have a big gathering, like today, with the orgies. Everybody have sex together! Let's start! <laughs> and you know, it's not like that.
0: The voice you're hearing is that of Claude Vorlion, who now goes by Rael. His movement, Raelism, is practiced by tens of thousands of people across the world, with significant followings in France, Canada, Japan, Burkina Faso, and elsewhere. And ever since their founding, the Raelians have been an object of fear and fascination. So as part of our season on cults, we wanted to talk to some of the people who know this movement the best so that we can understand why this faith, whose views are so different from mainstream religions, has had such an enduring appeal over the last half century. Susan Palmer, the Concordia professor that you heard from in our last episode, first encountered the Raelians at a New Age psychic fair in 1987 alongside her friend James.
3: There were lots of Wiccans, and and of course there was Scientology and and a lot of new age groups, like mediums, channelers, masseurs. And then I suddenly saw a UFO poster. And there was two men there with long, long hair. So I thought, cool, a UFO cult. I've always wanted to study UFO yeah. cult. So went I talked to them, I asked them a bit about themselves. They gave me literature. And then they said, would you like to enter our competition? I said, sure. So they said, well, fill this in and put it in, in the glass jar. And if you win... You get a guide to come to your house and he will tell you about the message. So I thought, oh, I hope I win, I hope I win. So I did it, and so did James, my friend. And then the next morning, I phoned him and said, guess what, James? They phoned me. Congratulations, Madame Palmer, you have won. So we will come to your house, we'll send a guide. I said, yes. So then I phoned James and he said, oh, they told me the same thing. And I said, "Well, wow, what a coincidence. And he said, Susan... Don't you get it? (laughs) So it was a missionary technique, obviously.
0: Susan would go on to study the Raelians for years and write a book about them called Aliens Adored, Rael's UFO Religion.
3: They're a new religious movement, and they're the largest UFO religion in the world. People who believe that extraterrestrials created us and are coming back. They worship extraterrestrials as a kind of, of gods,
0: basically. Susan remembers the first time she met Réal.
3: He was at the meeting and he got up and played the guitar and he sings his own songs in the style of Jacques Brel.
2: Elle danse face à
3: la mer. And he sang this really cute song about lesbian spiders. I thought, wow, how original. <laughs> he's very relaxed. He's very open, friendly. I would say he's a very creative person.
2: Think about all these galaxies and nebulae you saw. They are inside us also. Stars and galaxies everywhere, everywhere. And we are flying in space. And that enlarge our consciousness and make us feel love. And that love will win. He's not very intellectual. You know,
3: he's not exactly scholarly or, you know, he's not like a brilliant mind or anything. But he's very,
0: he speaks well. In order to understand how his followers view him, we spoke to Nicole Bertrand, a Raelian bishop who's been part of the movement for more than four decades. We met up with her at a cafe in Montreal. Do you do a lot of media interviews or not too often? (laughs) I did a lot. Lot, lot, lot. Back in 1977, Nicole Bertrand was a teacher who was looking for some sort of spiritual direction in life. Yes, I wanted to
1: understand what else, you know, you're a teacher, you like your job, especially in July and August, you know, <laughs> yeah. and you have fun, you travel a lot, a boyfriend, everything is good, but what else? There must be something more than that to life in general.
0: And then one day, her colleague lent her a copy of The Book That Tells the Truth, written by Rael himself.
1: The book that tells the truth helped me put all the pieces together. Finally, everything made sense. You look at the sky and you see, what are we doing here? Why are we on planet Earth? What's the purpose of all that? So for me,
0: it was bingo. I loved it, and I still... So what is it that Claude Vorlion said that the aliens told him when they took him aboard their craft? Well, first off, this wasn't their first time here, apparently. They
1: told him, we have been on Earth 25,000 years ago. And he said, 25,000 years ago, our science allowed us to start creating very primitive forms of life because we were mastering a genetic engineering. And the government on their planet said, you know, there's always a risk when you manipulate DNA, you don't even know the result. So why don't we look for another planet where you can go and continue your experiments? And that's what happened. They started exploring, they found many planets, eventually land on earth. At the beginning, there was just one continent. And then they said, okay, the light is good. The distance from the sun is good. They studied all the parameters to see if they could build laboratories to create life. And the answer
0: was yes. So our story about ourselves is totally wrong. You thought life on Earth was a result of billions of years of evolution? Nope, it was aliens. They started with
1: little planktons to put in the ocean, and then small fish to eat the planktons, and then bigger fish to eat the small fish with the plankton. You know, ecology, the way we know it, was in the ocean. Then they did the same thing on Earth. It's design, it's not
0: random. And these alien scientists were having a blast futzing about with all of this new life. And they had contests for plants.
1: They had contests for animals. Every year they presented their most beautiful and funny creation. And they had fun. I like the crabs. They walk on the side, (laughs) you know. And... And those flowers, I don't know the name, but they eat the flies, you know? So they had a lot of fun. Nature is very funny, if you want to look at the funny side
0: of it. In other words, the platypus really could be a sort of cosmic joke. These alien scientists, so the story goes, were forbidden from creating anything in their own image. But this group of scientists decided to do it anyways.
1: We are the result of the rebellious scientists and artists who said we are going to break the rule. And the consequences is when the planet, their original planet, found out that they created human beings, they said, ah, you decided to do it. You stay on Earth. You're going to live among the human beings that you created and we'll see what happens.
0: But there was another rule, even more important than the first don't teach them science.
1: They were afraid that if our humanity discovered science, and if we started using that science, we could eventually try to go through space and be a threat to them. But then again, they couldn't let their own creation stay at the level that they were told to. So they
0: started teaching
1: them science.
0: Over the years, the aliens sent messengers from their home planet to teach us how to live morally. You may even have heard of some of them. Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, Joseph Smith. But their messages were never fully understood by the people. And all was generally well and good, until one very specific day. August 6th, 1945. Hiroshima.
1: So... For those people who observe us from their faraway planet, they see human beings who know enough science to destroy life. We proved it with Hiroshima. They said, "Okay, they have enough science to understand that they have to become peaceful if they don't want to disappear altogether.
0: So they decided it was time to send their final prophet before humanity ended up destroying itself. That, of course, was Claude Vorlian, the motorsports journalist. His true name, they said, was Rael. Rael wasn't the first person to propose that we were descended from aliens. In the 1960s, author Erich von Däniken proposed that most of the wonders of the ancient world were built by alien astronauts a theory that continues to be popular amongst viewers of late-night TLC programming. Did ancient aliens really help to shape our history? Did they leave behind a secret code? One which reveals mankind's extraterrestrial origins. And religions that worship UFOs and aliens are an entire subcategory of new religious movements. But what makes realism distinctive is that their emphasis is on the idea of science itself. They don't believe in God. They kind of worship the physical
3: human being because that's what the extraterrestrials are. They're human beings on other planets. So they, they reject the idea of a spiritual realm, of an unseen magical realm of, of goodness and beauty and so on. So that's really different. In fact, I think they're the only group I've met that does that.
0: And Susan says that Rael is a sort of religious genius.
3: I think it's the way he fits it all together that's impressive. You know, I mean, individually, these ideas might sound a bit hokey, but just somehow the way he constructs them, it's magnificent. Not that I believe it.
0: Take, for example, how Rael views the Bible. He says that the Bible is true, but that it's just been misinterpreted. The Old Testament is actually a history of our creation by aliens. He says that Elohim, a Hebrew word for God that appears in the Bible, is actually what our alien creators are called. The Garden of Eden was a genetic laboratory. Lucifer was the name of the alien political party that decided to tell humanity about its extraterrestrial origins. And as for Jesus? For Jesus to walk on water, (laughs) it was not a problem. They just
1: suppressed the gravity, and for them it's like opening a... A switch to put light in a room, you know, it's nothing. It's just technology.
0: Rael, in fact, says that he is Jesus's half brother. Here he is debating a Christian back in the early days of his movement.
2: Why, if you wear the Elohim, would you go to the south of France, all right, a second rate journalist, right. producing a magazine for car drivers mm-hmm. and give him a mission? Right? a non-educated man, and right. give him a mission. Yes. Why? Why uh, 2,000 years before, you go in uh, Palestine and you talk to a little man What Jesus? It's the same.
0: And Susan says that all of this has made the religion strangely approachable for many Catholics.
3: A lot of people in the group were attracted because they were been brought up Catholics, but they didn't really believe and... Rael uses the language, the symbols that are in the Bible, you know, it's basically a materialistic scientific religion. Like, he takes science and religion and he kind of puts them together and he explains all the contradictions, which is sort of a big relief in a way for them, you know. I met ex-nuns, ex-priests, ex-bishops from the Catholic Church in his group who were very, very good at explaining the Raelian, you know, theology because it's
0: based on the Bible, (laughs) Since he founded his religion in the 1970s, Rael has both attacked the media for mischaracterizing his beliefs and rituals, and engaged in elaborate press stunts in order to get attention. He quickly became a media sensation in his native France after he published his first book, The Book That Tells the Truth, in 1974. Nicole Bertrand met him later that decade when he began his first missionary project abroad in Quebec. Back at that cafe in Montreal, we asked Nicole to describe what she remembers about the first time she saw Réal.
1: Well, two legs, two arms, (laughs) black curly hair, a beard. He was dressed in black. He's not very tall, wearing glasses. And he spoke in French and very simply. He's so funny. He's more funny in French because it's his first language and, and we play word games that cannot be translated. But he's a very simple person. He's, you look in his eyes and you're almost intimidated by the, the amount of love that comes from his eyes.
0: By the 1990s, realism was becoming increasingly controversial in France, and it was placed on an official list of cults by the French government in 1995. Media attention began to be more negative, and Rael refused to pay taxes on his religious writings. By the time Susan Palmer was studying the group in the 1990s and the early 2000s, Rael had moved to Quebec. He built a complex out by Valcour called UFO Land.
3: It was like a museum of you know UFO history, ufology. They had giant strands of DNA made in uh, fiberglass And it's supposed to be the same UFO that he first encountered.
0: In Canada, Ryle's teachings about sex made him enormously controversial.
3: Ryle, he comes out of the 60s and 70s, you know, Brigitte Bardot and Saint-Tropez and all that. So sex is something that's glamorous. He's always preached free love. And the idea is it's your choice. And marriage is something that's, you know, being imposed on you by the Catholic Church or... Is not realistic because people are naturally, as far as he's concerned, you know, promiscuous, I guess. So in the Raelians, they they have meetings where, you know, people are sort of hugging and kissing, and and my students were kind of shocked when I took them, you know. And one guy said, he saw this girl kissing this guy, and then all of a sudden she was sitting kissing another guy, and this woman who was forty old enough to be his mother kind of made a pass at him and he was like,
0: Ugh. During the summer, they would hold a two-week conference at UFO land. There were seminars on everything from the Elohim to intelligent design to how to succeed at your job. It was all fairly normal, but with one big difference.
3: They'd all be in the nude, and the idea was that the Elohim on their planet don't wear clothes, so we want to be like them, you know, sort of thing. And I thought that was pretty funny. They had a swimming pool, and everyone was going swimming, and they invited me, and I thought, I'm not going to take off my clothes, because there's probably some anti-cultist who's going to film me and say, Susan Palmer cavorting (laughs) with her
0: these summer retreats became a constant target for the local and international media. In 1991, a radio reporter snuck into the Raelian summer conference and secretly went around recording people having sex in their tents and then broadcasted on air without their consent to prove just how licentious the Raelians were. And Susan says that the local press would treat them almost like they were part of organized crime.
3: They had a photograph of all the leaders sitting at supper from the balcony, and they would have little arrows saying where they worked, what their names were. And the thing is, this was exactly like the articles that used to appear on the bikers, you know, on the Hells Angels in the Journal de Montréal. They do the same thing. They'd have mamboucher at supper with the little arrows and saying where everybody worked. And it was really bad because a lot of them lost their jobs and you know, lost contracts, because they were exposed as evil cultists.
0: Sexual freedom and sex for pleasure are central elements of Raelian philosophy. Here's Nicole again.
1: The LOM created us with sexual organs for two reasons. The first one being the reproduction, and the second one for pleasure. We all know that. So we advocate freedom with consenting adults. I don't know anyone who's against that. Freedom is freedom. You choose. You want to have one partner for your entire life? It's your privilege. You want to change partners often?
0: It's your privilege, as long as they are consenting adults. And Nicole says that the media image of them as sex-obsessed can lead to some awkward moments. That one seminar, it's about
1: 15 years ago, there was a couple in their 40s. They came together and after three days, there was a fee of $100 for the the first seminar, okay? They came back and they said, uh, we want to be refunded. So we said, what's happening? We're leaving and we want to be refunded. Said, oh, no problem. So why are you leaving? You don't like it here? They said, well, with all what they say in the magazine, and the newspaper, and the radio about the Raelians. We thought we were going to have, you know, sexual parties every night. But so far, nothing happened. So, we want our money back. (laughs) We we just refunded them. And you said, well, sorry, (laughs) you were a victim of the media.
0: And the Raelians have made advocating for sexual freedom a central part of their political mission. Raelians were marching in pride parades as early as the 1980s. When Montreal Catholic high schools banned condoms in the 1990s, Raelians distributed free ones to students outside of schools. They've held conferences on the joys of masturbation. Susan attended one of those.
3: And they had this sort of new age speaker from California who very much endorsed masturbation for her her middle-aged female clients. So they're talking about the psychological benefits and so on. So I asked this guide, who was sort of a friend of mine by this time, and I said, like, why on earth would they be, Would Riel want to like, talk about this stuff when, you know, he's just trying to make people get ready for the return of the extraterrestrials, and what's this got to do with it, you know? So he said, well, Jesus himself preached masturbation. I said, what?! He said, Yes, it's in the Bible. Just read the Bible. And I said, I know the Bible, but I never saw that. And he said, Well, when he says, Love thy neighbor as thyself.
0: <laughs> and in 2014, a Raelian surgery clinic was opened in Burkina Faso in order to provide clitoral reconstruction surgery for women who had been circumcised. Here's Harold Henning again, a Raelian doctor that you heard from in the very first episode of this season. Harold was one of the doctors who went to Burkina Faso in order to provide the surgeries. And now these women had sexual feelings that they never had before. Restoring their sexuality. Be like being able to give you back your sex when it's gone, been taken away from you. Can you imagine? But the clinic became the subject of media attacks by Catholic institutions in Burkina Faso. It was shut down after only providing surgeries to 25 women. It was partly the movement's fault too because we want publicity
2: you know and so if you bring it up then it becomes public and now there's these people that are
0: in the public and now they have to decide are we going to you know go with this group who's atheist or are we going to go with this group that's Catholic and uh, you know politics the Roman Catholic Church is very strong I was part of it so who wins they close this down Rael's sexual life is also the source of some of the most persistent criticism of the movement. In the late 90s, Rael created a religious order known as Rael's Angels, made up entirely of attractive women. Their goal is to sexually please the prophets and the Elohim when they arrive on Earth, but until then, they can only have sex with each other or with Rael himself, because he is the only prophet currently on the planet. He also married a 16-year-old girl from Montreal with the permission of her mother in 2002. While not illegal at the time, his marriage to a teenage girl certainly raised eyebrows. And earlier this year, Radio Canada released a documentary called The Women of Rael, in which two former high-ranking Raelian women allege a culture of misogyny within the movement, encouraged by Rael himself, an accusation that the Raelians deny. But the biggest scandal to hit the Raelians, which brought them worldwide attention and scrutinies from all kinds of governments, had nothing to do with sex and everything to do with science.
1: His name is Rael, and he heads a wealthy, well-organized religious sect whose faith is science and whose ambition
3: is to use existing technology to clone a human being.
0: In 1996, Dolly the sheep became the first ever cloned mammal, and Rael announced his intention to clone the first ever human. Here he is speaking to 60 Minutes in 2001.
2: When I was talking in my public speech 27 years ago about we will soon clone human beings, everybody was laughing. Then came Dolly the sheep, and now nobody is laughing anymore. Everybody is afraid, and we are laughing.
0: Cloning has always been an important part of the Raelian religion. Rael preaches that it's the path to immortality. Here's Harold Henning again, who joined the Raelians because of his interest in cloning. Do you understand what cloning does?
2: It allows you to live forever.
0: And if we're able to live long enough, we'll be able to take your mental ability, download the knowledge you have into a computer, take this clone that has no memory, Take those memories and put them in that clone, and you're awake. A Raelian affiliated company called ClonAid was leading the effort, and at its helm was Brigitte Boisselier, a chemist and dedicated Raelian who had been fired from her job as a researcher at a major French chemical firm after she went public about her faith. ClonAid's mission caused a media firestorm and even prompted congressional hearings in the U.S. And then, in 2002, Clonade? Claimed success? Here's Brigitte Boisselier speaking to the press.
1: I'm very, very pleased to announce that the first baby clone is born. She was born yesterday at 11.55 a.m. in the country where she was born. So this will not give you
0: more details about the location. She, she's fine. We call her Eve between us. But despite their promises, clonade never provided proof that they were telling the truth. While government and media investigations went on for years, no evidence has ever emerged to indicate that clonade ever actually cloned a baby. All of the media attention brought on by their cloning claims marked the beginning of the end for Riel's residency in Quebec. In the mid-2000s, he moved to the United States and then eventually to Japan, where he lives now. Realism continues to be a growing movement around the world, attracting believers from all parts of society. In terms of new religions, it has undoubtedly been a success. Now in this episode, we've only touched on a small slice of their beliefs, practices, and history. But how should we think about this group? Well, despite their novel beliefs, Realism doesn't seem to have many of the attributes that we fear about so-called cults. They lack an us-versus-them mindset. They're not closed off from the world, and while there have been some accusations of sexual misconduct within their movement, it's considerably less than other movements that we will cover this season, or, frankly, many mainstream religions. And Raelians have been subject to real persecution for their beliefs. Because of their strict pacifism, Raelians have been jailed in countries with mandatory conscription, like Switzerland. Raelians have lost their jobs and custody of their children, not because of specific things they've done, but simply because of their association with the religion. So, to me at least, the Raelian movement appears to be largely harmless, especially compared to some other groups that get labeled as cults. Right now, Rael says that his most important mission is to prepare for the return of the Elohim.
1: 2035 is the year when we expect the Elohim to come. We're excited, and at the same time, there is so much negativity on the planet. Our chances of survival as a humanity are very slim.
0: Nicole says that if we don't welcome them with an embassy and if we don't end the violence and infighting on Earth, the Elohim will leave us to our own devices and will eventually exterminate ourselves through our misuse of technology. But if we follow Rael's message, then we will all be welcomed back to the home planet and given immortal life through advanced cloning technology. Nicole has been a Raelian for almost half a century, and she continues to be an advocate for her faith.
1: It's not the best time of our history as but we know that a lie doesn't change the truth. You can call us names, being lied about, being laughed at. You know, in the time of Jesus, they were given for food to lions. So what's a laughter in that? I I don't mind if people laugh at me. I said, oh, laughter is very good for your liver. (laughs) 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 Laughter doesn't hurt. Lions hurt. I'm not dangerous. Do you feel threatened with me? (laughs) So, being a cop, it means nothing to me. Being different? Yes. I'm different and I'm proud of being a Raelian.
0: That's your episode of Commons. If you like this episode, please leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. This episode relied on work done by Susan J. Palmer, Yoav Shamir, Monica Mark at The Guardian, and many, many others. If you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at CommonsPod. You can also email me, arshi at canadaland.com. This episode was produced by me, Noor Azria, and Jordan Cornish. Our managing editor is Annette Edgefor. Our editor-in-chief is Karen Puglazi. And our music is by Nathan Burley. You can listen to Commons ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. If you value this podcast, please support us. We rely on listeners like you paying for journalism. As a supporter, you'll get premium access to all of our shows ad-free, including early releases and bonus content. You'll also get our exclusive newsletter, discounts on Canada Land merch, invites and tickets to our live and virtual events, and more than anything else, you'll be a part of the solution to Canada's journalism crisis. And you'll be keeping our work free and accessible to everybody. Come join us now. Click the link in your show notes or go to canadaland.com slash join. That's douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. Small details are big surfaces? Tight corners are odd shapes? Flat, rounded, textured, or tall? Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves